0: I'm Gina, Compulsive Overeater. Um, I've been around for a long time. Um, I came in in in, uh, 1991, January 4th. And uh, uh, my goodness, (sighs) Um, I'm a little bit of an odd bird. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I've always been an odd bird. and I never do things the way everybody else does, Um, even compulsive overeating (laughs) or recovery at least. So my story may not be the same as your story, but that's okay because I think there's some things that we can all learn from each other. Um, uh, I had uh, I started compulsive overeating when I was a little girl. Um, I went on my first diet when I was eight years old. Okay, so that tells you something. Um, but I didn't really start my dieting career until I was um, uh, when I discovered boys, um, and I decided to, well back up uh, as a child. Um, I was very good at zoning out. I lived. I had. A, I was in a big family of six kids, and um, I was the middle child. And one of the things, you know, there were the typical types of of uh, stuff that went on. It wasn't abusive, but there was the typical types of stuff. Well, my brother was kind of abusive with some of the taunts, and he was. Oh, God! He was so funny. He was like a stand-up comic. And I was like a heckler and you know, how they do with, with hecklers, how they put you down. But um, in general, it was just a regular family. And um, But I didn't find it a very tolerable situations. Um, I felt like I was the odd man out a lot of the time. Um, I had two older brothers and uh, you know, when we went to play together, you know, it was always wait until your turn and my turn never came. And uh, I was kind of just standing around watching them. And so, um, you know, and there was just stuff in, in, in our family that I didn't find really great. And what I did is I zoned out, I zoned out the stuff that was not great. Um, and, uh, I didn't feel that way. when I was a newcomer, I felt like my, my, my family of origin was the most dramatic, the most, you know, there were some awfulest stuff that was going on, but, Now, 30 years later, I don't feel that way. I feel like it was pretty much a a normal family. Um, But I, but me, I needed to zone out and food was the the best way to do that. Um, Eating in front of the TV was even better, you know, and I mean, um, time could go by and stuff could happen. And I was kind of impervious, you know, Um, I would zone out during, during school too, you know, and, and I was known for that, you know wake up you know anyway um uh, I woke up when I got to be about 12 or 13 and I I decided oh my gosh you know there's this whole world out here that I want to join and so I I looked in the mirror and saw how big I was and uh, not that it was a surprise I had seen that ever since I was in fourth grade I didn't fit into normal clothes um so uh, I so I decided to start uh Losing weight, my mom was. Uh, she always wanted me to lose weight, and uh, she w- she was a compulsive overeater also, and she was on constant diet, so it wasn't an unusual thing. As a matter of fact, it was a bonding thing <laughs> to, to be, you know, so bound, you know, that me and my mom were going on diets together. She would take me. I was I was on the very first Weight Watcher diet. Um, I can tell you all about that, um, and. Uh, uh, oh gosh uh, from the time I was 12 to the time I was 34 I was on pretty much a diet or some kind of food plan every day and um, uh, um, by the time I got done by the time I came to OA I I couldn't go on another diet I just could I would get up every morning um, I would get up every morning and decide which diet or food plan I would go on for the day and then I in a very short time I would be into the food and once I was into the food that was it for the rest of the day and then I started to notice a pattern that every morning I would do this you know make a plan and fail at the plan you know sometimes sooner and sometimes later but always and I couldn't remember the last time I had stayed on a diet plan for one day and so I decided that uh, after 21 years of, of serious dieting that I would stop. And that was huge, that was tremendous because I didn't know what to do after that. I didn't know what to do. Um, so uh, what happened was, is I stopped trying and, and, uh, and I just, I, I didn't know what was gonna happen next. I was just hoping that I wouldn't be buried in the piano case. Um, uh, my cop weight was 242 pounds uh, when I came, but many of us say that that's not my cop weight. Without OA, it would have been, I don't know what it would have been, 400. I don't know. Maybe I would have been one of those 600-pound ladies on, you see on TV, uh, probably not on TV. Uh, but anyway, um, so what happened was, is, um, at, I think it was maybe Thanksgiving before I, I entered um, OA, where my brother told me about the disease of codependency. And I wanted to work on that. You know, that was the next thing to work on. And I was codependent to the nth degree. And so I, I found out about CODA, but I was, too, I, didn't, I was too shy to actually go to a CODA meeting because I didn't want them to, to judge me as a fat woman, you know, and just see me as fat. So I, and, and in my learning, it was my new thing to find out about, you know, try to work on So I found out that I could work on my codependency by coming to OA. So when I came to OA, I didn't think that you guys could help me with my food or with losing weight. And I wasn't even going to try because I wasn't going to set myself up for that kind of failure. You know, you know how it, it works. You know how it goes with diets, you know, you're gung-ho and then, and then you take the first bite and then, and then. It's like a snowball going down a hill. By the time everything's over, you've gained back the weight, plus 20 pounds, and you and you feel worse than you did when you even started. So you might as well as not have started. So, but I figured, hey, you know, I, I know I overeat over my issues. So maybe I'll lose five pounds, but I wasn't going to have any hope for that. So I went to my first meeting. It was the Sunday um meeting. I think it was a women's meeting actually, um, at four o'clock at the intercommunity hospital. And oh my God, oh my God, that, you guys, I I had, ne- I felt, I had never felt at home anywhere. I always felt like, you know, that I was, you know, like a zebra in a herd of horses and not quite figuring out why I was so different from everybody else. And I come to this group where everybody is like me. You guys did the same things that I did with food and you were recovering. And uh, I thought to myself, well, if you guys are just like me, and you're recovering, that maybe I could recover too. And I hadn't felt hope in a very, very long time. Um, but just the fact that you were like me, I mean, I wouldn't have left. I, I don't even care if I had recovered at all, just to find a group of people that were like me. And you were sharing what you really felt like. And I, in the regular world, nobody shared what they were really like, you know, they you always had to have this facade of what the me you know like what you saw on tv and in commercials and you had to be you know fit into that mold and if you didn't you just kept your mouth shut you know and and, uh, well my mom told me how to keep my mouth shut because i was always sharing you know about you know about my stuff because i didn't know what to do with it so um you know you guys told me from the beginning why i was the way i was you know i i was totally confused you know, I didn't understand why I I reacted the way I did, how I was so different from everybody else. And you guys explained to me that when you compulsively overeat, you stop growing up emotionally, you know, because you stop feeling your feelings, you know, you stop growing up. So here I was a 34 year old woman, and emotionally only maybe six or seven years old. And that made perfect sense why I needed food to anesthetize me to you know, dull the pain from getting from point A to point B, you know, and, and on and on and on Point you know, B to point C, you know, during the day. And, you know, that made perfect sense. And I couldn't believe it. My first meeting, I was like, wow, you know, this is like, I felt like I had stumbled into a secret society of, of wizards, you know, that do everything, you know, anyway. Um, by my by my second meeting, I was having trouble because I was starving to death. I started abstinence three meals a day I, I didn't I didn't attain it. I just tried to eat three meals with, with nothing in between and it was really difficult. Um, I was trying not to eat over my feelings but this terrible phenomena happened where I was starving to death. Um, my first sponsor told me. Uh, You know, I I didn't know what my my food plan was going to be because after being on diets for 21 years, I had no desire to to measure or weigh or to be on any kind of food plan. And I didn't know how I was going to be abstinent if I didn't have some kind of food plan. But she said not to worry. She said, you're going to start with three banquets and eat nothing, but but you're going to begin a meal, end a meal, and then have a period of time, maybe three to four hours, you know, maybe five hours even in between a meal, and then start and stop again, and that was going to be my beginning abstinence, and then eventually it would evolve, and it did, it did, I started out broken and bruised, and, and I had nothing, I, my, I didn't have any willpower, I had no ability to stay on anything, and uh, over time, I felt built up, I, I, that was the first time I had ever felt that way, always in other food plans and diets. It was always, you know, get up the willpower. We're going to do it gung ho, gung ho. And then, like I said, you take the first, you know, you do well for a while, then you take the first bite and then it's all over with, you know, and the magic disappears, you know, and somehow you're not able to, to stay on the food plan anymore. But um, this was different. I came in beaten and bruised and broken and not being able to do anything and and little by little as time went by, I was able to uh, do more and more. So that first week uh, I had uh, tried to be abstinent the best I could and um, I was having some success, but, you know, I mean, I was still trying to get one day of abstinence together. And uh, look, what I noticed was, is that I was, I would have a banquet meal and then two hours I would be starving to death. And my, and it wasn't even my sponsor, but a a lovely lady from one of our groups and from that meeting. And she told me, oh no, no, that's not real hunger. That's your feelings coming up. All the feelings that I had never felt were coming up. And that's why all those diet plans failed because they didn't give me any tools for dealing with life or my feelings. And you guys did. You guys taught me how to to deal with it. I I started the fourth step. Oh my God. Um, it was scary. I I, I admit that it was scary, but I had such a will to, to try because that's what I needed to do. I needed to, to deal with those feelings, you know, without eating, you know, without eating and you oh wow. I mean, um, I feel like it was, you know, uh, Connie would say that away was the socialization of Connie. You guys were the building up of Gina. You guys educated me. You guys taught me. You guys helped me to grow up from being six years old emotionally. And the way I did it is, is, is I would work those four steps and 10 steps. And I would, well, first of all, I didn't lift back up a little bit. I didn't feel feelings. I mean, even if I wanted to, I didn't feel feelings. I didn't know how. So I felt starving to death you know, and, and that was my cue to go eat something, but I wasn't going to do that anymore. So I would sit myself down in a chair and say, you're feeling something, you know, you're not getting out of that chair until you tell me what you're feeling. And I'd be like, I'm feeling nothing. I'm just starving to death. And, and then um, what happened was, is that in, in like less than a few minutes, I would connect with what I was feeling you know, and I would be not just a little upset, I would be screaming mad, I mean, I would be tears rolling down my cheeks, upset, and then I would start, you know, I would write about it, I would do the, the writing for the fourth and tenth step, and when I got to the other, to the end of my, my columns, um, you know, I was at peace, I saw my part, why it opened opened the wound up even further to see exactly how the events or persons had affected my self-esteem, my security, my ambitions, my uh, fears, my personal and sexual um, relationships. And then I got to see, you know, so so that was excellent, you know, opening it finally up and really looking at it instead of, you know, glossing over it with food, you know, and, and hiding it with food. But uh, then in the other columns to see my part, not to beat myself up, but to see where I could change so that I wouldn't be a victim anymore. And, and that's what I was when I came in I was a victim to everything. Oh my God, it's been 15 minutes. Okay. So I'm going to go five more minutes to wrap it up. So, um, I think that's okay. Right. Okay. So, um, so, uh, when I got done, I was at peace. I saw my part. I could see where I needed to change or could change, you know, and, um, I got better and better over time. And, um, it got to, a, I got to a point, you know, 30 years later. Um, I, I like myself. I, I'm at peace with myself. Um, I'm one among many, not less than or greater than I have discipline in my life. Um, I'm learning, what I'm learning right now is, um, it was really good. This, uh, this, uh, particular page, you know, talking about, uh, having, asking up the willingness to take, the the, um, to take the, the action to do, you know, action. That's, that's what I really have needed all this time. Um, today I have to take, I have to have the willingness to take the action, to take a sick cat to the, um. Emergency hospital, and that is very difficult for me. Um, but I've already put that in God's hands, and I'm learning to let God be in charge of the results. That's what I'm learning um, because I'm good at, well, in certain things, I'm good at taking the action, uh, and uh, then I take responsibility for the results, and then I hit my head against the wall when they're not the results I want them to be. So I'm learning. To let the results fall I put it in God's hands I do the footwork in front of me and then whatever the results are that's God's business and not my business and and that's a long time coming um, I'm also still learning um new new behaviors or sometimes I learn them over so yesterday um so I've been learning to um when I uh, I made salmon for dinner um uh two nights ago and uh I gave myself a smaller portion of that salmon, you know, the size that it needed to be, like the deck of cards they say. And I was, I was, uh, I, I was uh, learning to not eat, to I, I didn't eat to a certain fullness, and I was really happy with that. But where I made my mistake was that because the next day I had leftover salmon, and I decided to have that, and it was a little bit more than I needed. And I'm learning that. If a leftover is bigger than you know, it needs to be that you can throw out the rest of the leftover. You don't have to consume that part of the leftover. So even after 30 years, I'm learning and I'm getting better. And I, I have a saying in this program that um, as bad as it was, and it was, it was bad um, before I came into program, um, I, I had no solutions. I had nothing in my bag of tricks to cope with life. Um, and life and our, our disease is progressive. So um, my pain and my suffering was progressive. And things, just as I would say, things can't get worse than this, they always would. And especially with relationships um, and my relationship with myself. But after joining, joining OA and recovering, it's cumul- you know, recovery is cumulative too. And things have gotten better and better. And just as I say to myself, wow. Things can't get better than this. They always do. And so I just want to say to the newcomers, keep coming back. This program has saved my life. Uh, Not just saved the life and, you know, you have to just trudge through that life and suffer the best you can through. Um, It saved my life and gave me a life worth living, you know, because um, when I came here, I had the husband of my dreams. I had two beautiful children and I had a career that I absolutely enjoyed going to each day but I was miserable as hell inside. And I just wanted life to get, to be over with. And um, I, suicide was looking good. Okay. So, you know, it was totally, this disease can just kill you. You know, even if you have the best, it can kill you or wish you were dead, you know? So anyway, I just want to say, keep coming back. Um, I just want to thank you all for 30 years of, of a really good life. And it's always getting better. Thank you.